Before we get started, I need to thank some new Patreon patrons. Thank you, John Sanborn, Stuart Evans, Beth Snide, and Paige Christman. Apologies if I mispronounced any of your names. But thank you so much for becoming patrons of the original cast. I guess word has gotten out about the original cast of the movies doing only Barbra Streisand movies in 2023. That's right. If you become a patron at the original cast at patreon.com slash originalcastpod, you gain access to our patrons-only podcast, the original cast of the movies, which in 2023 is dedicated to the career of Miss Barbara. Joan Streisand. We're kicking it off with The Mirror Has Two Faces, then Hello Dolly, The Prince of Tides, On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, Nuts, The Owl and the Pussycat, All Night Long, What's Up Doc, The Main Event, Up the Sandbox, For Pete's Sake, and we close it all out with The Way We Were. The hits, the misses, the nails, and everything in between we'll be covering this year on the original cast of the movies, 2023, the year of Barbara. So go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod and do what John Stewart, Beth, and Paige did and become patrons of the original cast so you can gain access to the original cast of the movies as well as other bonus content and support the art you love all right here's the show whenever my world falls apart i never lose hope or lose heart whatever the form of the storm that may brew not with you to lean on darlings you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a dramatist, journalist, and host of the Scene to Song podcast. It's Shoshana Greenberg, everybody! Hi, so great to be here. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for for coming on. I just did your show, though you guys heard that a while ago. We're saving the Shoshana episode. Um, (laughs) But if you haven't heard me on Scene to Song talking about musicals who how did we phrase it scores uh, find their books yes i okay. think that's a, Is that yeah. what we said okay yeah mm-hmm. that was the- <laughs> i had a different title of mine shoshana softened <laughs> it to something much nicer uh and you should go check that out we talk about all kinds of things music theater but we're not here to talk about me on your podcast because you're now on my <laughs> podcast where right. you're here to talk about greece she swam by me she got a cram Life, she nearly drowned. He showed up, splashing around. Summer sun, something begun. Then all the summer nights. Tell me more, tell me more. Was it love at first sight? Tell me more, tell me now. Did she put up a fight? I noticed uh, this one hadn't been done on the show and uh, thought uh, it would be a fun one, especially since it's the 50th anniversary year uh, this year. So, yeah, super excited to talk about this show. It's true. It's never been chosen. We've done Grease 2, but we've never done uh... Grease. (laughs) (laughs) How did Grease come into your life? So... um... I know I must have watched the movie. I forget exactly when I started watching the movie version of Greece as mm-hmm. a kid. Like everybody knew it, you know, everybody watched it. And um, so I like watched it. I liked it, uh, you know, as a kid. And but then when I got to high school, uh, we uh, I, I was um, getting more into like more sophisticated musicals and uh kind of moving away from that you know the the musicals of my youth mm-hmm. and uh but we did Greece as my uh sophomore year in high school our school musical and I was very just like I don't like Greece like it's <laughs> I'm annoyed I'm so annoyed we're doing Greece it's like it's the popular choice like it's the popular show um yeah so I was not into it at all but um and I was uh I was one of the featured singers in the song it's raining on prom night that was my mm. little part to do and but i was also still annoyed because the way it was staged we were because the song is like those uh singers on a radio and they mm-hmm. just had us behind the set like we weren't even seen oh okay. for the song so i was again just very annoyed about the, 
about the whole thing. I don't like uh, this show and I'm not in it enough. <laughs> like my one, my one featured, mo- I mean, I was in the chorus. I was sure. in some of the ensemble songs, but sure. my one featured part, like I'm behind right. a, a wall, you know, um, and we had these cute costumes, like these pink dresses. Um, anyway, so uh And uh, yeah, so around from that point on, I was just like very like anti-Greece. It was like a dumb show or, you know, however I thought about it. Um, But like having done it in high school, I realized that there's all these songs in the show that are not in the movie. Yeah. um, And like a lot of songs. Yeah, a lot. And those were the ones that like stuck in my head over the years, especially it's raining on prom nights. And that was the one I, I did. Mm -hmm. So like over the years, I started to like, just like my head would like go back to those songs. And I started just like listening to the album, um, you know, for those songs and starting to be like, wow, you know, I actually really like Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Snuck up on you. I know. So um, like, I just, I like really like it and (laughs) but I but I think you know because but I what I love about it is like all those songs that are you know in the original album that are uh you know and I've seen the movie since I just watched it actually again a couple months ago and I I was really glad to revisit it and find that it wasn't as like ugh annoying as i remembered it in in my head sure but um but yeah i really like the the album for all these um songs that are actually like very uh like late 50s early 60s rock and roll and they really they i i just love how they're like commenting on that kind of music at the same time and plus all like the the ones everybody knows like i still like you know summer nights and sure. i mean there are worse things i could do is a great song and all those it is shocking to me i had forgotten that freddie my love is mm-hmm. not in the movie yeah I don't know why i thought it would be because obviously of course it's not because that character's barely in the movie but right it really shocked me when I was looking up the songs. I was like, okay, what's in the movie and what's not and what's in the show and not. And it was uh, Hopelessly Devoted to mm-hmm. You is the big song from the movie. I think that people are surprised is right. the show. Right. And then Freddie My Love is the like is a show song I think everyone knows from Greece. And mm-hmm. it's not in the movie. It's I only know. in the stage show. I think it's such a great song. It gets in, it's so catchy. It gets in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just not in the movie nope. I, I think they they put look at me i'm sandra d in that spot that part yeah yeah um when in the show it's like later but um yeah and uh another one i love uh those magic changes what's that playing on the radio why do i start swaying to and fro i have never heard that song before sends a thrill right through me cause those chords remind me of the night that i first fell in love to those magic changes my heart arranges a melody i respect what they did with the movie but like i i just love that song <laughs> <laughs> a song about chord progressions that's up in yeah, your it's Street. just like it's so beautiful it's so like poetic and it's just like i i so like my whole thing with that song is i love it because it's about it, it feels like it's it's a love about love but it feels like it's also about like that moment when you're like learning to play guitar which mm-hmm. he is like in the song and you like you play a chord under a note and it like that moment where you're like oh wow like that chord sounds so great with the the melody and like you mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. i don't know it's just that moment where you're like figuring out chords with a melody it's like it's like a magical moment and like that's what the song is about and i i just it just really sings to me <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's so it, it it did also strike me listening to it that this actually would have been an interesting one to include in our conversation about mm scores that outshine the book but in the other direction because one of the things we talk about in the show that i've 
said a million times on this podcast, and I probably said it more than once on yours, is that shows with a good book and a bad score are run longer than shows with a bad score and a, and a or good score and a bad book. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is a general sort of wisdom. And I will say this is not my favorite style of music mm. is sort of the nicest way I can, I can sort of put that yeah. also the fairest, like it, it just, it just isn't, it's not, my parents used to listen to this all the time. W O G L out of Philadelphia, 98.1. We listen mm-hmm. to oldies all the time. And I just never had any affection for it. I like, you know, sixties music, the sort of what was on at the time, WMGK classic rock, you would say, yeah. um, but I just never had any affection for 50s music or Shanana or any of that sort of like thing that happens <laughs> I, in the I mean, movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not that big into it either, but mm-hmm. I I like it. Like yeah, it's like sure. a nice, it's like a it's like a pleasing sound to me. I think so. I think that's why I like it. But I yeah, I never really listened to I, I some of it. You know, yeah. so that came on like um yeah some of that 50s stuff, but. Yeah, I don't know why. It just never sticks with me. So this is not a show that I reach mm. for. Yeah. Um, I also noticed, and I wonder if, if if your ears have tuned to this too, I was really surprised kind of how, I, I hesitate to say badly, but it feels like sort of sloppily this album is recorded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very hollow and the mix is very flat. And I was really sitting yeah. there listening to it being like, this was a huge show. Yeah. Like maybe a better, rec- like just t- like a little more time on the recording would have really yeah. been worthwhile. In, yeah. In it is interesting to listen to it because it does, especially compare to like other, even other recordings of the time, but it's right. like, but then if you listen to like other Greece recordings that are out there are like super produced. Um, yeah. But I, the more I listen to the original cast album, the more I kind of love that <laughs> about this album. I, because, yeah. yeah. Because it, I don't know. I think the thing with Greece is that once the movie came out, I mean, Greece was a hit. Like it oh, wasn't it, like the, it was like people may not understand because the movie yeah. really did eclipse it. Right. This was for three years, the longest running Broadway show mm-hmm. in history. I mean, like this was, it is currently the 16th just so everybody knows, but mm-hmm. it was eclipsed in 83 by um, uh, Chorus Line. Yeah. And then also eclipsed by 42nd Street, which opened right mm-hmm. after it closed. But this was the biggest show on Broadway for eight years at yeah. the time when shows didn't run that long. You know, it beat Fiddler on the Roof to be the longest running show mm-hmm. of all time. So it had been, which also ironically, now that I'm looking at these dates, closed right after Greece opened. So there's an interesting mm-hmm. little like synergy here we're getting. Yeah. But, you know, now there's been 15 other shows obviously that run longer than it, but it can get, because it got eclipsed by the movie, it can be forgotten that this show was everywhere and was massive. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, but with the movie, I feel like, like everybody knows them now it's like everybody knows the movie mm-hmm. um even more so than they know the show because oh, now yeah. now and now when you do the show a lot of times songs from the movie are in it yeah so i feel like now once the movie came out you could really never go back to the original Greece as it was like mm-hmm. even if you did it word for word like the move the idea of the movie is still out there mm-hmm. so I look at this album as like the pure grease. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. And it is actually, it, it. so one thing I kept thinking, listening to, like, as I was listening to it for a second and third time and really getting hung up on the production, mm-hmm. eventually I settled, settled on the two things that you, one that you just said, like one, when they recorded this album, they had no idea that this yeah. was, that, that it was grease. So that was kind of refreshing. Like there's no pretension to that. Like this right. is just, this is probably the cheapest cast album we could make. <laughs> yeah. You know, was early seventies. Like it is what it is. And then I started to give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit and be like, I wonder if this was a choice to make a kind of sloppy 50s style mm. recording where the music lead-ins are super awkward, the sound is more hollow, it just has a more 50s vibe to it. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think that's me trying to like project that on there. Yeah. But even if it wasn't intentional, it's there. It yeah, does it's the have outcome. That vibe. Yeah. yeah. So that so in a weird way, 
maybe it does work in in a in a really weird way because also yeah. it, it is unfair as you say recording subsequent recordings including the film are very very polished record like super pristine <laughs> yeah. very well like super marketable uh, uh recordings and this was not that this was a small no star odd little musical that just caught the wave of the 50s revival that started mm -hmm. in at Woodstock and was still cresting and it just ran with it and yeah. great success doing it <laughs> yeah it also kind of sounds like I don't know like it could sound like these these teenagers put it together themselves. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it really could. I mean, it has. I had also forgotten. I was kind of taken aback that this whole thing has a merrily we roll along opening. Yes, <laughs> Joe has that to it, which is so funny. Yes. It starts with a high school reunion, and I was just sort of. I got distracted almost, where I was like, "What? Why are we doing this, guy?" Yeah, it is weird because the yeah because obviously the movie doesn't open with that like right. nothing like you forget that that's a thing right um you have to like really be listening for it on the first uh track of the or for the on the opening where they say like this is a reunion this is right. the class of 59 and right. like yeah you have otherwise you'll just miss it <laughs> right because why would like, it but it also doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't mm -hmm. do anything. It's not even a framing device. It just yeah. is a is just how the show. Yeah, opens. I was thinking like maybe it's like they 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 were doing that like seventies looking back at fifties things. So maybe they were like literally let's be in the seventies looking back at. <laughs> at right, the well, we're, but then I was struck by the fact that I was like, okay, it's the class of 1959. But then I thought, wait a minute, the show opened in 1972. So it's the 13th class reunion right. or the 10th. Like, let's be round numbers. Well, you know, it, yeah. again, it just, I was really, really, really <laughs> puzzled by this choice, especially because it's not like it's narrated by one of the characters in the future. Right. It doesn't come back again at the end in any way whatsoever. Yeah. And it's not about aging. I guess it is just there for the, like, to be very clear, this is a nostalgic. Right. Back. Like, we're, this is, we are appealing to your nostalgia. That's literally all we're doing. Right. 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 <laughs> I, that's oh. what I, that was my takeaway from it. It was like, yeah, where were you also? Were you, mm -hmm. audience, like, looking back at the, at 1958 59 school year? Right. And, uh, when yeah, all that the, all that weird stuff happened. It's kind yeah, of yeah. When it was a when it was a simpler time. Or I mean, <laughs> they says he says something like that in the beginning, like the, those yeah, pr prettier whatever the wording is. Thank you and welcome to the reunion of Rydell High's graduating class of 1959. Looking over these faces really takes me back to those wonderful bygone days. Although I notice a small portion of alumni missing this evening, I'm sure that they'd want us to know that they're fully present and accounted for in spirit, just the way we always remember them. More than the, the musical itself gets forgotten because of the film sort of, you know, gets pushed aside, like you say. The fact that there was a 50s revival, yeah. late 60s, into the 70s mm -hmm. is weird and yeah to me they're like they're this band called shanana that was a 50s revival band played woodstock and started this whole thing really once the woodstock soundtrack came out it didn't start at woodstock but like once the soundtrack came out which was a couple years after this 50s revival thing happened and movies like american graffiti came out right. the year after greece opened like this was riding a wave yeah and a, a an odd culture because we always think i think people at least people my age think of like the 80s as the big 50s revival mm, like there was yeah. a lot of like with back to the future and stuff but it was right. really it started a decade before that it started right. in the 70s and peaked in, i think it peaks with grease the movie in a lot yeah. of ways like grease mm. the movie is kind of the ultimate 
50s revival yeah. thing, you know, Happy Days is going on, all these right, things are happening right. at the same time. Yeah. I was thinking about this, and I think I got this idea from one of the writers or producers. I was listening to a podcast with them, but I was thinking about, yeah, like, why did this happen in the 70s? But then I was thinking, like, the... I, I think nostalgia is like also a way to deal with the passage of time. And like yeah. the sixties were just so such a change decade, mm-hmm. a, a decade that changed like so much for people that it makes sense to me that like after that, you know, 10 years on, they would be like, we have to like, we have to use art to figure out like what, <laughs> what, yeah. just, hap- what just happened. Well, and it is, <laughs> It, it's not to be, man. I'm putting on a, a deep hat here, so just just bear with me. If, it, <laughs> okay. if I go too deep, well, you you have to pull me out, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Inception. You've got to give, give me a kick. <laughs> okay. But there is also something I think to be said for the fact that this generation that gra- you know graduated in the in the fifties, graduated mm-hmm. high school in the fifties, the kids kids of the fifties were the first generation to have really good audio and video film as it would have been recordings Mm. of their life Mm. in terms of like the music that they listened to could be played on the radio the same way contemporary music could have been played and still sound pretty good you know contemporary film of news events could be rebroadcast and played with excellent fidelity on television and so their past was much more present to them mm, yeah, in a yeah. weird way. In a way that is is very is just de rigueur now. It's just the way right. kids grow up. You just grow up with your ever-present past. Right. But this was new to mm. this generation. Right. This idea of like this this baby boomer crowd suddenly was like, no, I'm not old. I'm a teenager. Look at this, like listen to this recording that's still playing <laughs> on the radio. Listen to this music I can still find. Listen to these things that I can still do. Yeah. And I think it is also the fact that when you it, people may not have noticed, like as the music grinds on, the '60s was obviously very different, and people knew that. But then when you hear like the the, the old songs take you back, like swooping back to the time, you're like, yes, yes, I want to feel like this all the time, all the right. time. Please give me more of this. Yeah, of, you know, whatever this is. In this case, in this case, it's the I think, and actually, this is important because the film is different. Mm-hmm. from the show i think it's important to and good that you did the show uh let everybody know exactly what <laughs> the story is oh yeah of Greece. because it is very different from the movie the casting of olivia newton john mm-hmm. made not huge alterations but made noticeable alterations to the inciting incident of the story um that gets us all kind of rolling so could you describe the plot of the broadway version of Greece. Yeah, well, because in the Broadway version, Sandy is uh, not from Australia, right. obviously. Sandy Dombrowski. <laughs> yeah, so Sandy was, I guess, kicked out of Catholic school? Is yes. that the, what happened? Okay, Something like was, that, or left Catholic school. I don't know. Did they say she was kicked out? I'm not sure. So this synopsis says she was unjustly rejected um oh. i don't know what the line what does that is. mean yeah i'm not sure what the line <laughs> I, I don't have the script so i'm not sure what the line in the script is mm-hmm. that explains this um <laughs> but she she left for however she left uh left catholic school and uh she is now neighbors i guess with to frenchie Mm-hmm. Um, which is similar to the movie. Like Frenchie's right. the one that brings her in. She's like, this is my cousin or whatever it is in the movie. Um, and uh, so, uh, but, it, you know, that that part is the same where she and Danny had had, uh, you know, a fling over the summer and they uh, don't know that they're now at the same school. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so then... Uh, Sandy is, um, you know, becoming friends with the Pink Ladies, uh, which is like the. So I don't know, like how cool the Pink Ladies are actually supposed to be at the school. Like I always thought, like growing up, that the Pink Ladies and um, in the movie it's the T Birds. I think in the mm-hmm. show they're called something else. I think it's Burger Palace Boys or something. I don't know how oh, often gosh. that's referred to, but yeah, let's call them the T Birds. We'll just call them the T Birds. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. are called the Burger Palace Boys. You're right. Let's yeah. skip that though, because that's yeah. 
That's literally terrible. That was so that was a really good change that the movie made. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, so uh yeah, so I don't know like how cool they were supposed to be growing up. I thought they were like the cool kids at school, but mm-hmm. then um on one of the conversations on one on my podcast, I think with Joe Iconis, he was referring to them as like the outsiders. Like they're actually not the cool kids at school. Mm. They are like the um, you know, the greasers were actually just like um like working class kids who like were kind of like yeah. you know, not bullies, but like they like uh well it's a it's a class structure thing. Yeah. I think. It's and I think that you get that in the stage version mm-hmm. more than you get it in the movie. You still do get it in the movie a little bit when, yeah. when, uh, when uh, uh, um, Danny tries out for the track team and he's going to join the jocks and those right. are the kids who are successful and they're wealthy right. and all that. And you get that more. And I think in the, but in the musical, I do remember the couple times I've seen it, there being much more of it. Like these are the, they're all kind of ethnic names mm-hmm. and, and uh, Italian, Italian, yeah. Polish, yeah. sort of. That's their Catholic working class mm-hmm. grease monkey, you know, sort of like in the in the in the sense of like uh, mechanics and with good, you know, that sort of thing. Right, Out, outcasts more than they're the cool kids, which is what we would think of them now. Right, whereas like Patty Simcox, I think that's yes, her name. Like she is. would be more like the cool, like she popular. was like a popular yeah. cheerleader, even though like in the movie she's portrayed as like you know not cool i don't so i don't know there's like a there's like a what who's actually the cool group Mm -hmm. but anyway so we're following like these two groups of like pink ladies and t-birds and they're all like dating each other and uh like there's marty and jan and frenchie on the pink ladies and they all have a song and (laughs) in the show yes they do and then there's like duty and roger and i forget all their names but i mean ken ken obviously I just, you just took my ear. Like, I think the phrase and they have a song could be like <laughs> literally the description of, of, it's a great description of this show because you really do like, you meet a character, the character is named and then they perform a song and that is, that's it. And then they're, they're gone. And then Danny and Sandy and, and, uh, um, Oh, what's her name? Rizzo kind mm-hmm. of run through the show more right. like, as the, the characters, but like, <laughs> You know, like you said, you brought those magic changes. That character yeah. comes on. He has a guitar. We talk Maybe. about the guitar. He sings his song. And then he's, you know, he's there. But that's it for him. For right. It's like cats. He's he's kind of, you know, like, right. there goes Teaser, And now, you know, in comes the the cat who moons everybody. He's going right. to sing a song for a little while. Right. Oh, Sunny, I think, is another <laughs> one. Sunny. Um, yeah. Who sings mooning? I forget. Which guy sings is what they is rump. The, yeah. So Jan and Rump they sing mooning, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So it's been yeah. So Marty sings Freddie, my love, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep derailing uh, your your plot synopsis. I apologize. <laughs> I know, no, it's okay. Well, let me get to the basic. Let me just yeah. go through the basic plot, which sure. is basically the same as the movie plot. I think, which is that Danny and so Sandy and Danny find out they're actually at the same school. Sandy once is so excited. She wants to like, you know, rekindle their relationship. Danny is very thrown off by this. He like, um, is it like a different person at school than he was with Sandy. So he like, can't, like reconcile the two identities and he like gets mean and to Sandy and she gets angry, but, and throughout the show, they try and get back together a few times. Like, yeah, he joins the track team to try and like show her that he like is, I don't know, like a a nicer guy (laughs) by joining the track team so sandy decides i guess like enough is enough of everybody like calling her 
goody two shoes and all that. And then she decides that she is going to play around with her identity a bit. And she calls Frenchie and Frenchie gives her a little makeover to make her look more like a typical pink lady. Um, uh, and uh, that's, that's basically the end. They, mm-hmm. Danny, Danny sees her and is like really excited about this transformation. Um, then uh, they, and they end the show. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And they don't <laughs> sing you're the one that I want. No. And the song they do sing is very interesting to me, but I can see uh what is it called? Like all shook all up or choked. something. All choked. It's all that's all, the sorry, thing. It's all called choked, all choked, choked up, up, which is yeah, just sorry. not it's not great. Well, I tremble a lot. I'm nervous and I'm hot. Uh-huh. I'm all choked up. Well, there's the fire alarm wailing in my and my circulation cries condition red I'm in a cold sweat my t-shirt's all wet I'm all up it's an interesting song to listen to knowing what they replaced it with yeah. but um it's yeah they, that was another good change for the movie <laughs> I think it, yes I I think it's probably I mean yes all choked up is is kind of it, it it's it's a nothing finale and i think they know it's a nothing finale because mm-hmm. they immediately do a reprise of we go together right. which is a much better song um and yeah it was sort of clear they only now it should be like i think there is an impression that a, most of the songs from the show didn't make it into the movie and that's not the case right they only put i think it's four new songs in the movie and, and that's if i include the title song right um so really only three in the body of the film itself uh, with Hopelessly Devoted to You, You're mm-hmm. the One That I Want. And I guess Sandy is the other one, right? That replaces Alone of the Drive-In movie. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I guess it's called Sandy. Yeah. Um, so it, it isn't a total strip down of the show. Most of the show score. Right. A yeah. Lot of, almost all of it was recorded. It didn't all make it into the final cut of the movie. But if you mm. buy the soundtrack... It's got a lot like those magic changes is on the soundtrack, but that scene is not in the movie. Yeah. Or yeah. is it like played in the background? It's played somewhere? in the background. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, well, because it's sort of when they introduce those magic changes. I can't believe we're spending this much time on those magic changes. Uh, because introduce- I love it. Because I love that song, <laughs> as I said. When they yeah. introduce it, he presents it as a song. Those magic changes by so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Which right. I think it's. A, yeah. And, and so it, it is a. um it's an it's an extant song in the world of of Rydell High, so right. it, it makes sense that you put that. Then you just put it on the radio. It is right. funny. I mean, it's very clever. Also, they call a song about changing chords those magic changes. That, yeah. that is a very very clever, nicely done, guys. Good Jim and Warren. <laughs> well well played. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is now much has been said and much has been written and much has been discussed on the overall themes of Greece as a show or a woman fundamentally changes to be with a man. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it and this, I just kind of, when I rewatched the movie, well, okay. So when I rewatched the movie recently, it really felt like Sandy was just kind of like, as I said, like playing around with her identity as kids do. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of like a fluid thing. Like today I want, I'm going to try being this and mm-hmm. like, I'm not like giving up who I am exactly. I'm just like putting on this costume today. I don't <laughs> like I think like seeing it again, I felt like we we actually maybe put too much on as you said, like maybe we put too much on that as like a bad thing when it's not really that bad of a thing that she does. I, I don't think, know. Yeah, well, it's it's I think it's a because one thing that you just sort of tweaked for me when there was that plot point of her being unjustly expelled from Catholic mm-hmm. school is that ostensibly the reason you'd be unjustly expelled from Catholic school is because they thought you were doing something wrong that you sh- right. that you weren't doing. And one has to assume because this is Greece that that thing is sexual. And so I think that there would be 
a which could be in a catholic school contest in the 50s mm-hmm. she wore, you know her skirt was too short for the right night. like there's a lot right. of things that could be it's an incredibly <laughs> yeah. low bar so but i think that one of the things they might be trying to set up with that is the idea that she has been mistreated when she did everything right mm-hmm. you know what i mean and she's still and then that's happened again she's doing everything she's supposed to do and she's still not getting what she wants right so screw it i'm just gonna do what i want to do Right. This is what I want to do. I don't think so. The movie, I think, is trying to have that ending. It's trying mm-hmm. to be a more liberating, which is one of the things that um, there are worse things I can do. Mm-hmm. Does I mean giving Rizzo a song to Sandy, which basically she's singing right at her. Right. It, in that moment, to be like, yeah, I might be pregnant. I may have made some mistakes, but like, I could do worse. And right. what you're doing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Is- I could flirt with. That's a thing I'd never do I could stay home every night Wait around for Mr. Right Take cold showers every day And throw my life away For a dream that won't come true And in the show, that's there are worse things I could do. That moment, that song is what turns is the yeah. is the turn yes. for Sandy. Yes. Whereas in the movie, it's that that car race, uh, which is right. its own thing. But like, but in the show, yeah, like it's Rizzo being in that situation and be and being vulnerable, and Sandy picking up on that. Mm-hmm. That whatever that does to her like that's the turn so i don't i know i guess i don't see it as like oh she's just changing herself for a guy like that's that's just too simplistic a reading for me i think i think the movie does not do as good of a job mm-hmm. at, at, because the movie doesn't give us any like sandy is right the whole time mm-hmm. in the movie and i i think that's just a, a lack of dimension in the writing and the fact that it's Olivia Newton-John who is right. just like, she's right. And Danny is the one who is being a jerk, like very much a jerk to her mm-hmm. the whole time. And I really do spend a lot of the movie kind of being like, why do you like this guy? Exactly. <laughs> what is it about he's him? he's John Travolta oh, and so he has I, like I this get... big smile. Yeah, I get I that. <laughs> that I get. I get it from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. But like she keeps going back to him over and over right. again and never has any other guys. He's got other girls. He's got Cha-Cha. He's got um, Rizzo who wants to be with him clearly. He's got options. and. Yeah. Sandy has none. Sandy has Danny or no one. You know, like I think like Eugene. Eugene, or something. yes. <laughs> Eugene is the is the pejorative. But like the only guys in the, like there's a lot of variety of women in in Greece. There's a lot of mm. there's Patty Simcox and there's Frenchie and the, even though she's a pink lady, she's kind of on the outside. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of variety of women. There is one kind of like there's <laughs> there are the T birds and then there's like the faceless horde behind the T-birds. right right. If you had scenes of Sandy sort of like dating somebody else and then finding out that she really does want to be with Danny stuff like the, giving her more dimension mm-hmm. the movie really def- the play does this the mo- better I, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to like stand up and say the play does it well but the play does it better the movie really only talks about Sandy in relation to Danny so when mm-hmm. she changes it feels like the movie the whole time has been like you need to change because Danny's what you you should be with you know so that's why the movie I think the vibe of the movie is much more severe, but if you know yeah. the show, it kind of takes the edge off. I think the the show, and also for me, like that's part of the reason the show got a bad rap for me was because of that whole idea of like, oh, it's just, uh, you know, a girl changing herself for a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's dumb. 
but then and then um but yeah and then you i i don't know i, I go back and i'm like that's this is a this show is way more complex than that yeah i also wonder how much the the sort of deep dive into the look back on simpler times idea takes mm-hmm. the edge off of that where because if it's if it is just a teenager trying on different hats great like you say like they should try mm-hmm. on all the hats yeah but in the movie they're also so clearly adults <laughs> that it's just like it's that terrible thing of being just like well i mean yeah except you guys are all 30 so we should probably like not <laughs> like for right now it feels more permanent at the end you know what i mean it feels more mm. it feels more like oh this is how they're all they're all actually yeah. gonna be together forever here. right when or, you see when you see real teenagers acting like yeah. real teenagers, it makes a lot more sense. It feels a lot yeah. more like, oh, we're just teenagers. Like it's a lot. The stakes are a lot lower for that kind of that kind of vibe. So when yeah. when you did encounter Greece, though, you were obviously deep into being a theater kid. What were you? What what was? How did that get started for you? I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and I went to see a lot of shows uh, in Philadelphia, tours, easy to get up to New York. My parents were both theater parents. They Mm. introduced me to a lot of stuff, um, a lot of shows uh, as I grew up. yeah, I think my grandparents were theater grandparents. So <laughs> they took, they had seen all the shows uh, in their in the times. Yeah. So it was just part of, part of life, part of uh, growing up that we had cast albums, records in our living room that we would listen to and act out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my sister and I uh would act out shows uh in the living room uh to the re- to the records and uh and yeah and then i did you know all the school shows and all that we had uh camp shows at summer camp and we had middle school musical we had the high school musical did all those all those shows. that was just deep in your in your dna mm-hmm. it sounds like from from yeah. the jump we saw we saw we started going to our uh, high school shows when I was in elementary school. So, like, I saw the high school shows, you know, mm-hmm. any, any show. Yeah. And so what were the shows you would have rather your high school did instead of, <laughs> instead of Greece? Well, I definitely was big into Sondheim in high school. Um, I had I knew I was an Into the Woods kid, like mm-hmm. in third grade. I had the, vid- the VHS taped from TV of Into the Woods. Mm. And so that one I knew, you know, I was already into that one. But then in high school, like I discovered all the other Sondheim shows mostly. And uh, so kind of that's where my head was or something. And I was more of a like a singer. So I always wanted them to do something with like uh, more of a part that I could sing. Mm -hmm. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Maybe something like with a more legit. sound we did do when i was a senior we did damn yankees and i was meg so that was like my okay that was like my part sure (laughs) that was a good one um (laughs) that one you approved of that one was good um but yeah just think yeah um yeah maybe yeah just like the less the less popular shows we actually did some really interesting shows that i didn't appreciate appreciate at the time that i do now like we did good news uh when oh, i was okay sure uh, so that was really interesting to be in um when i w- we had like a summer theater program too and mm-hmm. we did um little mary sunshine sure. which was uh, mm-hmm. also like just so random but i was like really happy to know that show and to be in it it was yeah um so that was cool. We did and that same summer program. The next year we did zombie prom, which was like also. So we did like, man, that's a diverse stuff. program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we did like really interesting stuff that, um, uh, yeah, like, and I think at the time I was like, oh, well, there's no, I, I'm not, there's no parts for me in this. So I don't like it as much or, you know, whatever sure. it was. So like, I that was you. where my brain was. Mm-hmm. But um, the but like looking back, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I know like Little Mary Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, no, intimately. I mean, this is one yeah. thing to know it because I, I know it, but you did it. So that's right. Like, yeah. You right. Rehearsed it. You've lived with it. You, you kind of know it inside and out. And that's, yeah. that is a special thing with certain, certain shows. Uh, yeah. To have that kind of intimacy with it, whether, you, you know, whether you love it or not, it is just, it's nice to have a diverse experience with that. Right. Um, and I think like, I felt like, I think Greece was like our, moneymaker show oh sure <laughs> so i think it was like oh i just have to get through this show and then we'll do an, another like good like show i like again <laughs> my high school my high school musical director used to do it every six years oh wow as a like and he would cast 80 kids mm-hmm. and it would sell out every single i mean it would just be the easiest thing in the world he's like this to keep the theater group afloat Every right. six years, he would do Greece, <laughs> and it was always a guaranteed success. He said, "I could fill the stage. I know I can direct it in my sleep. There's there's lots of featured parts, so everybody's super excited to come see their kids sing. You know, Beauty School Dropout or those right. magic changes or whatever. And then on we go. And he really liked how the the sort of like how subversive it kind of was how, yeah you know. well that's the thing it actually is like a good show for high schools yeah because it is about high schoolers like it's about the group of people like you're not you're not playing like a 40 year old like right know? like the year before we did hello dolly which i love <laughs> but like <laughs> i love that show i did that in high school as well but that's, yes that's you know, there's something about an 18 year old Horace Vandergelder where it just doesn't. Yeah, translate, or like, you know? <laughs> like that show is about old people, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, which is like you know making mature decisions. I mean, right. like, you know, Dolly and Horace like make make end of life sort of decisions. And I and, think it's yeah. yeah, and I think it's good to do those things. Like I certainly was like an old soul kid. Like my sure. fit, like I saw Follies when I was in a. 15 and like loved it like you know i i got like i got those things but like um but greece is like a good show for high schools to do plus yeah plus it's like has all these like mature themes like buried in it like a teenager getting pregnant like a teenager Mm -hmm. singing a song called there are worse things i could do which is like about a which is like a very complex emotional song about like a sex positive character like Mm -hmm um yeah the it so there's like i i'm i'm glad we did it did mm-hmm. not appreciate did not definitely the, did yeah. not appreciate it at the time <laughs> sure that's fine though you don't have to yeah. you know you can't appreciate everything at the time that would be, right that would be bad so you brought up you brought up follies oh yeah so i feel like it's a good time to to slide over to some interesting historical facts here because this show came out the same right. year as follies right um and was in the Tony Awards against Follies. Do you happen to know how many Tony Awards Greece, the one-time longest-running show in Broadway history, won? I'm gonna say I, I don't really follow Tony trivia, so I'm oh. I'm not sure. So I, I'll probably I'm gonna well, go. Let me with tell you. Like... How, let me tell. Let me tell you how many it was nominated for. And okay. You can tell me how many you think it. So it was nominated for Best Musical. Mm-hmm. Let me do this real fast. Best Book. Best Actor, Barry Bostwick. Mm-hmm. Best uh, Supporting Actor, Timothy Myers. Supporting Actress, Adrian Barbeau. Choreography and Costume Design. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Tony Awards. It was nominated for. And how many do you think it won? Um, I'm probably, I'm going to say maybe zero. It won zero. It won <laughs> zero Tony Awards. It it uh, was up. So other musicals that came out that year in Broadway, Follies. Maybe you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, and then the two <laughs> the two other Tony-nominated musicals were the, uh, the, the famous revival of No, No, Nanette that mm-hmm. sort of everyone talks about when they talk about No, No, Nanette. And um, a musical called Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death, mm-hmm. which is a musical by Melvin Van Peebles, uh, father of Mario Van Peebles, and also prolific filmmaker and, and, and things like that. Um, yeah. So the Tony, it was a very weird stacked kind of year. When you talk about the fact that you had Grease, Superstar, and Follies, like perennial shows all open in the same year, but they all kind of fell flat at the mm-hmm. Tonys. And like, so Sondheim won score. Grease was not nominated for score. 
But then Two Gentlemen of Verona won Best Musical that year. That's the one. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one. And Follies took a lot of the other awards, sort of including directing and and, uh, choreography and and scenic design and stuff like that. But it was it was it was really it's funny to look at that year and think about the fact that like Follies is the sort of the show that comes out of 72 as one of the best musicals ever written. Grease comes out of 72 as one of the longest running musicals of all time. Mm-hmm. And then Superstar comes out of there. Superstar is not nominated for, I mean, Superstar is nominated for two Tony Awards, hmm. featured actor for Ben Vereen and, and uh, score. And that's it. So mm-hmm. like, it's not nominated for best musical, which is just seems wild when you think about it. And it's a real testament to sort of like, <laughs> The state of theater in 72, I think is one thing, but also just the fact that like you could lose, you could win no Tony Awards and still be the longest running Broadway show in history. That is true. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Which you couldn't do now. Right. You didn't win. If you don't win best musical, Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of show it would be that would win best musical at the Tony's. And then would not win best, would not win yeah. any Tony Awards, like the right. take best musical out of it, not win any Tony Awards and be able to run a year. I mean, I kind of love, I mean, I love 70s musicals. I love 70s oh, sure. art, art in general, but mm-hmm. like, it's just, look at that, just that range of like, but it's all like how people are responding to the, to the time, I guess. Like some people are, you know, doing the nostalgia thing, like some people are like doing like you know really like uh going the rock Mm -hmm. (laughs) like 60s 70s rock route like some people are like doing really like adult like follies music (laughs) which is its own kind of take on nostalgia nostalgia it's it's an earlier i mean between the wars obviously but it's an earlier style of nostalgia and also taking a much darker view right of that nostalgia than greece is which is taking i i think greece's view of nostalgia is i wonder what you think about how do you feel about nostalgia sort of in general i'm actually yeah well as i said earlier like I'm starting to think of nostalgia. Like I have a lot of nostalgia, but I'm starting to uh, to my childhood sure. in the 90s and the 80s. But I'm starting to think of nostalgia, as I said, as like something that allows you to like reckon with the change, the change of time, mm-hmm. and like it just something that helps you like under pro- like process everything that's happened. Like mm-hmm. I have nostalgia for the nineties because I also lived through nine eleven and mm-hmm. like and that nostalgia for the nineties like helps me process like what happened between the nineties and today, which is like a lot of really a lot. Bad, I would say a lot, lot of really you could just bad say like stuff. a lot, like a lot <laughs> yeah. of stuff happened in the last twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't like so there is I feel like there is like a purpose to nostalgia that's not just like oh i loved that tv show or like oh like times were just simpler back then i want to go back to that you know (laughs) my childhood you know i feel like there's there's like a lot more with nostalgia going on under the surface that um that and it and it takes that takes different forms i guess when you put it into art like that grease is taking the form of like um you know something a little more fun and Mm -hmm. follies is taking the form of like something darker and like Mm -hmm. um but but yeah i think like as long as we're like clear-eyed about things i think nostalgia may be necessary for getting through life and like processing things that's that's my current take on it (laughs) i I mean i have a podcast that has these discussions all the time so i think putting story shows and the stories of shows into historical context is is just fine with me like let's keep doing that (laughs) so shoshana i have to ask as i ask everyone at the end what is your favorite song well, I think it 
has to be it's raining on prom night because that uh, was um you know that was song. my song mm-hmm. in high school and i love i love that song i love singing it um i think it's just really fun and um just like a cute radio song i mean it's the act two opener mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's true um and uh so that one i think that one but close runner-ups are as i said those magic changes and freddie my love mm. are my two other favorites two other favorites but if but if pressed you're going with it's raining uh, yeah. all night mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. It's a fun. I, I it, it's it's a good song. It's a fun song. It's funny. It is Act Two opener. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Uh, <laughs> and it also just occurs to me we go from there into the the dance at the gym mm-hmm. with Born to Hand Jive, where the DJ, wonderfully soppy DJ, introduces the radio station. As- Big Fifteen, where the jocks hang out. There's other, but again, further delineation like that the, that the T Birds and the Pink Ladies aren't the cool kids. The jocks are the cool right. kids. Right. Which is interesting. Right, right. I like that idea a lot. Uh, Shoshana, it's been wonderful to speak with you again. Yeah, um, this how, has been great. Where can people find you on the internet? So um, I have a website, which is just shoshanagreenberg.com. I am on Instagram at Shoshana Creates. And I'm on Twitter. Um, hopefully... <laughs> I'll be saying on Twitter. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this airs in January. Where right. will we? What will we, we but, be? Um, I am currently on Twitter at uh, V Marshmallow, and that's uh, V and then Marshmallow like the candy, but actually spelled like mellow, like um, like the emotional state. Mellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so that's where I am uh, on Twitter. And um, I think those are my main things uh, for social media. And, and stuff. Scene to I had song, my podcast, course, right? obviously. Scene to Song is also on all the, all the social media. Well, not all of them, but the, the big three, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. Uh, yeah, Scene to Song, Scene Song. If you search yeah. Scene to Song, you'll probably find it. And yeah. aside from, I mean, I'm enough, but what other wonderful guests can people find on Scene to Song? Uh, oh, well, um, I think some some guests that are are notable. I, I, my whole thing is anyone can be on Scene mm-hmm. to Song as long as you want to talk about musical theater um, in, you know, this kind of way. But um, some notable guests have been, I think I mentioned Joe Iconis talking about Greece. Michael R. Jackson has been on, Sarah Marshall from You're Wrong About. But yeah, I think just like find an episode that, or find a topic that interests you and then that will be. It uh, won't be hard. It's wide and very, <laughs> there's so much to discuss. There's so many different, I mean, everything from, I'm just scrolling through here. You have Stephen Sondheim and Rhyme. <laughs> okay. And then. Oh yeah. yeah Daniel Matte. Mm-hmm. Right. But then you have fatness in musical theater, like immediately after that. And this concept of, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. like there, there, it, it really does run the gamut from topics about writing to performing to just general concepts of the theater that, should be discussed and it is is great that you're out there doing it so thank you so much yeah thank you and thank you so much for having me i was deprived of a young girl's dream by the cruel force of nature from the blue instead of a night Full of romance supreme All I got was a runny nose And Asiatic flu It's raining, it's raining on, prom on prom night My hair oh, is my a hair mess is It's running all over, All over my tough dress. 
The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. Please rate and review the original cast on your podcatcher of choice. It's the easiest way to help other listeners find the show. Go to bit.ly slash originalcaststore for original cast merchandise like t-shirts, tote bags, and more. Become a patron of the original cast at patreon.com slash originalcastpod so you can listen to our bonus podcast, The Original Cast at the Movies. On the socials, we're at originalcastpod. Special thanks to our social media manager, Bethany Zalecki. Hi, Bethany. My thanks to Shoshana Greenberg for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn. And I can't. I have rehearsal. It's raining. Yes, it's raining. On prom night. Oh, my darling, what can I do? I miss you. It's raining rain from the sky. And it's raining real tears from my eyes over you. Oh, dear God, make him feel the same way I do right now. Make him want to see me again. Oh, what can I do?